Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Happy August, friends! It's Kelly and Amber popping in to say hi and see how your summer's going. We're hard at work on the next season of Country Heat Weekly, which may very well be the hottest one yet. While we're off, we are dropping some fun encores in your feed in case you missed these episodes the first time around. This week, we're bringing you our chat with Cody Johnson, which was recorded backstage at the CMA Awards last November. Now, at the time, he was promoting his new live album, Cody Johnson and the Rockin' CJB. But we also got to dig into his friendship with Luke Combs. Remember, he said he wanted to get Luke on a horse? Oh, that's right. And Cody is traveling to Australia with Luke for his world tour. He said that he had never been out of North America before. That's happening right now. So, of course, we're stalking social media, watching for footage of all the hijinks. This was a really fun interview and a great chance to get to know Cody and his outlook on fame. He has a new single dropping tomorrow called The Painter, which is from his upcoming double album called Cody Johnson Leather. From what Cody told us, this project is going to be very country. That was his whole reason for releasing a project with 24 songs on it. There are so many songs out there in Nashville and in the world that can't get cut because they are, quote, too country. And so we have, a, we have all these people saying, Cody, we have a country song. And I'm like, send them all. You know, I, if I wanted to record nine songs, I could record nine. But when you've got 24 amazing country music stories sitting there, why would you not record them? I've got the time. I've got the freedom. We've got the finances. Let's do it. He's so great and just tells it straight. Enjoy this episode and we'll talk to you again real soon. Last thing you bought on Amazon. I don't even have an Amazon account. I bet your wife has one. (laughs) They got our gate code. Yeah, she's probably already bought six things since we've been here. I got in trouble like with a similar question about this. Somebody asked me, what was the last thing you bought at the grocery store? And I was like, I don't go to the grocery store. And they were like, oh, let me guess your wife does the shopping. And I was like, Yeah. Do you know how bad I would mess that up? Like, thank (laughs) Jesus I have a woman that wants to go to the store. But then COVID happened. We don't go to the grocery store no more. The grocery store comes to us. Hey, it's Carrie Underwood. What's up? This is Brett Eldridge. From our house to yours, Merry Christmas. Hey, y'all, it's Marin Morris. And I'm Keith Evan. Merry Christmas, y'all. It's Hardy. And I'm Dirk Spentley. The eggnog is spiked. It was not me. Happy holidays, y'all. This is Cody Johnson. My episode of Country Heat Weekly starts now. Happy December, friends. I'm Kelly Sutton, and you found Country Heat Weekly, the destination for country music fans. We're so glad you're here. And I'm Amber Anderson. Kelly and I are podcasting from Music Row in Nashville, but we were out of the house for this week's Center Stage Chat with Cody Johnson. Yeah, Cody does not live in Tennessee, which we talk about. And so when he was in town for the CMA Awards, we had to grab time with him on Radio Row. We got all the scoop on his first ever live album, Cody Johnson and the Rockin' CJB. CJB is Cody Johnson Band. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I loved this chat so much. Cody is just a really solid guy. He's everything you would want a cowboy from Texas to be. Tipped his hat when he shook her hands. I mean, very down to earth, tell it like it is kind of guy. I mean, except for the fact that he doesn't like football. He was great. (laughs) (laughs) While we're thinking about the CMA Awards, Patty Loveless's performance with Chris Stapleton on that show inspired us to dig in and rediscover her incredible catalog. 
In addition to her nine number ones, Patty collaborated on some really important songs in 90s country music. I feel like she often gets overlooked when we think of the female stars from that time. So we're happy to shine the light on her music. First, though, we have to talk about Maren Morris's first ever arena show in Nashville Friday night. You were there. I know we were texting, but you have got to tell us everything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Unbelievable night. Just top to bottom. Ryan came out and did I Can't Love You Anymore with her as well as Chasing After You. Of course, they had a sweet little moment on stage. But, you know, Kelly and I's highlight. Oh. Kelly wasn't there, but I texted <laughs> you. My heart was broken that this moment happened and I didn't get to witness it. As musical theater lovers, Kristen Chenoweth from Wicked came out and they sang For Good together. And it was, it was incredible. I can't even, there aren't even words. I cried. Mm -hmm. I definitely cried. Yeah. Before the show, there was a little industry pre-show reception and Marin came out and just thanked everybody for being there and talked about how just impactful the night was to her. She says, I've won awards in this room. I've lost awards in this room. I've opened up for so many people in this room. But stepping out on that stage for soundcheck today, knowing it was my room for the night, she just got overwhelmed. She cried. She thanked everyone for being there and supporting her. I just think it was just an overall wonderful night to see her up there and just owning that room. Oh, so good. I'm glad you were there. If I uh, couldn't be there, I'm glad I was living through you for that <laughs> night. And speaking of, another special night of collaborations leads off our next segment where we will find out what's cooking in country music. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know that we love Breland here at Country He Weekly. <laughs> he is our bestie. Yep. So of course, we have to start things off by letting y'all know that his live EP is available now exclusively with Amazon Music. Yes, he has a live EP. Emphasis on the live part. Each of the six tracks were recorded last April when Breland took over the Ryman for his collaborative show, Breland and Friends. When he said some friends would be there, he was not kidding. <laughs> there were a lot of national artists that joined him on stage that night. And having been there, I am so happy that we can relive some of it, including one of my favorite moments when he brought Australian duo Seaforth out on stage with him. Ooh, 
Other collaborations on this EP include Thomas Rhett, Nelly, Dirk Bentley, Charles Kelly, and Sam Hunt. Speaking of amazing onstage performances, have you seen the video of Kane Brown and his wife, Caitlin, during his Ottawa concert? Have I seen it? My heart was melting. <laughs> Kane surprised the crowd by bringing her out for the live debut of their song, Thank God. Thank God your hand fits perfectly in mine. Thank God you love me when you didn't have to, but you did and you do. And he knew, thank God for giving me. I mean, the way that Kane was looking at her, he seemed so proud and happy to have her up there on stage. It was a memorable moment for them, for sure. Kane was right by her side the whole time. And it looks like she got pretty emotional seeing the crowd sing every word of their duet back to them. It was by far the sweetest thing that I've seen all week. I'm pretty jealous I wasn't there in person. Same, same. Thank goodness we live in a time where social media lets us see all the things we miss out on. Okay. We have to talk about what Dolly Parton is up to here in Nashville. I knew you'd want to chat about this. During an interview with our local paper, The Tennessean, Dolly said she wants to open a museum right here in Nashville. Okay, we're going to keep our Dolly candle burning until this happens. All of our manifestation powers are now focused on this. Well, unfortunately, she said that it probably won't be happening for a few years, but good news, she wants it to be part of something bigger, which she called the Dolly Center. Hold on for just one second. I'm texting my husband to tell him we're selling our house and moving to the Dolly Center. <laughs> but wait, before you do that, there could be more. More than a Dolly Center? Dolly also shared that she'd like to open some kind of business, like a restaurant or a bar and grill, but nothing has been confirmed yet. Okay, but Dolly, please, for the love of all things that glitter, please do not put it on Lower Broadway where every other star has their bar. I mean... What about Opry Mills or the Gulch or Franklin? Spread the love somewhere else. Downtown is full. We need the Dolly Center to happen, but we also need a parking lot with priority access for all the cars with Dolly Parton license plates, says the woman with a Dolly Parton license plate. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But amen to that. Lower Broadway is just really crowded and really, really hard to access, so I would like it to be in another area of town, please. Yes. And real quick, if you are catching this episode on release day, December 8th, cancel all your plans for tonight because you need to just park in front of your TV set. Jammies on, hot chocolate in a mug, a nice cozy throw blanket. Okay, first up, a CMA Country Christmas, an annual ABC television event guaranteed to put you in the holiday spirit. Especially with all the festive performances they have lined up. Let's see. We've got Dan and Shay, Scotty McCreary, Marin Morris, Old Dominion, Molly Tuttle, The War and Treaty, and Stephen Curtis Chapman, plus Carly Pierce, who is returning as host for the second year in a row. Comes on at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. But if you're listening to this after it's already aired, you can always catch the show again online. Now it's time to grab a refill on that hot cocoa because immediately after CMA Country Christmas, there will be even more stars to watch on ABC. It's the season two premiere of a show called Superstar. It launches with one of our favorite superstars, Reba McIntyre. Now, even though we already know that Reba is amazing, this episode is going to prove it to the world through interviews with artists including Carrie Underwood, Winona Judd, Lainey Wilson, Luke Combs, Nick Jonas. I'm sorry, what? Did, <laughs> did you just say Nick Jonas? Yes, Nick Jonas. <laughs> Along with Darius Rucker. Dolly Parton, Kristen Chenoweth, and a whole bunch more. And I'm very curious to hear what they say. I'm probably going to have to watch it on demand because my holiday to-do list is particularly long this week. Well, hopefully our next segment is going to help you out with that. 
This is the point in the show where we normally share the hottest songs on Amazon Music's flagship country playlist, Country Heat. But this week, we're doing a special holiday gift guide edition of the Heat Index, where we pair gift ideas with some hit country songs. Hey, Santa, I'd like tickets to see Keith Urban in Las Vegas so I can stare into those brown eyes, baby. But wait, his eyes are actually blue. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Concert tickets are always a win, though. But in case you don't have that kind of budget for Christmas or Hanukkah gifts, we've got some fun suggestions with the country music twist. Well, listening to Frank Ray's song Late makes me think that perhaps someone needs a watch. For our listeners in southern states or the southern hemisphere, if you're going to jump off the deep end with Priscilla Block, you could give pool floats, swimsuits, or sunglasses. That doesn't work for those welcoming the winter solstice. However, Russell Dickerson's new song, Big Wheels, gives me an idea. How about Long Johns for a Yule gift? Practical. Bonus points if they have a John Deere logo on them. Green hairs, white tails, and long beers. Long Johns, John Boats, and John Deere. We stick to shit that we know here. Big wheels, back rows, and cold With all the truck songs on the playlist right now, I feel like you could safely give truck accessories, like new floor mats, some fuzzy dice, a steering wheel cover, anything to make it a little nicer for anyone that has to wait in the truck with Hardy and Lainey Wilson. Right. Because if you're going to pick me up, then I want it to be a nice ride. Although I don't think Gabby Barrett is super picky. Jimmy Allen's children's book, My Voice is a Trumpet, would be a great gift for children to open after you light the menorah one night. They'll be anxious to go to bed to read their new bedtime story. Kelly Clarkson, Brett Young, and Kimberly Schlappman from Little Big Town all have children's books too. Okay, here's a fun idea if you're doing a dirty Santa with your book club. You could always give a bottle of bleach. Any Kelsey Ballerini fans will get the joke. Stuffing those stockings with artist merch is always a good idea. You know I love that. Mm -hmm. Any other suggestions, Kelly? Well, I know I won't be getting you anything in Tennessee orange, but that's one idea if you have a Vols fan on your list. (laughs) And I do not have any (laughs) Vols fans on my list. No. Miranda Lambert has a line of home goods at Walmart and a song on the Country Heat playlist. There's alcohol too. Don't forget about that. Brothers Osborne has a rye whiskey. Kenny Chesney has rum. Alan Jackson just launched a bourbon and Little Big Town has wine. Whatever holiday you're celebrating, we hope it's full of good cheer, good friends, and good music. We're about to go to break, but first, it's time for another edition of Who Said That? This is where we read you a quote, and then you make your guesses about who said that. And then when we get back from the break, we'll play the audio and see if you were right. This week's quote is, there's just something so cozy about a vinyl record and Christmas music. They're not wrong. So who said that? Keep listening and we'll tell you coming up next on Country Heat Weekly. 
Don't go anywhere. It's Lainey Wilson. Hey, y'all. I'm Cole Swindell. What's up? This is Breland. And I'm Mickey Guyton. Hey, it's Jordan Davis, hoping you get everything on your Christmas list. This is Scotty McCreary. Kelly and Amber will be right back with more Country Heat Weekly. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. Just something so cozy about like a vinyl record, Christmas music. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. green. Ah, it's green. Yeah. I know. I know. Maddie and Tay. The ladies' first Christmas EP, We Need Christmas, is available now on vinyl. And yes, it's a green vinyl. I actually have it and it sounds fantastic. Add that to your shopping list ideas. I guess the best way to sum up today's center stage guest would be to say that he's a Texas native, a real life cowboy, a husband, a father, and a CMA award-winning country music artist. Cody Johnson's love for music began at the age of 12, and he's stuck with that path ever since. After several years of success in Texas, Cody found national success in 2018 with On My Way to You. So baby, put on that dress, a little sweet perfume, cause I'm on my way to you. But before his music career blew up, he was and still is a rodeo man at his core. As a teen, he competed in professional rodeos as a bull rider. And now he's headlining the concerts at rodeos. Last year, Cody released an award-winning documentary titled Dear Rodeo, The Cody Johnson Story and dropped two albums. Just last week, we got a live album from Cody, which was recorded during several back-to-back shows in June. Cody sat down to chat with us before this year's CMA Awards, but now we can officially say that he walked away with two wins. Cody was awarded Music Video of the Year and Single of the Year, both for his double platinum selling two-week number one hit, Till You Can't. With all of that in mind, take a listen as Cody Johnson steps into the center stage spotlight. So where's home for you? Madisonville, Texas. Okay. Oh, did you That's why up? it's so crazy for me to be here. Because yeah. I never come to, when I come to town, it's work, 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 work. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't live here, so they don't right. really like. They're like, oh crap, Cody's coming. Book it. Well, that's <laughs> it. You know, but yeah. there is something to be said about saying this is the amount of time that I have for you. Mm-hmm. This is when I can work for you, and then oh, I need to go home. Right. I mean, we have a cattle ranch back home. Like we raise horses. We've got two different breeds of cattle we raise and like there's always work to do. And I have a seven and five year old little girls at home. So it's like when I go home, I'm home. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, and I have to, I have to do interviews or I'll have to do like return phone calls and just do technical business stuff to keep this thing going. But like, I really try to turn my phone off and just be at home and be present, whether Mm -hmm. we're going fishing or if I take my girls to Dairy Queen for an ice cream date or something like that, you know, you have to be there. 
Yeah. Make sure you spend your time. And I don't want my kids to be diluted with work while we're while I'm trying to be at home with them. Right. That's amazing. Right. So where did you grow up? Was it close to where you are now? Kinda. Uh maybe an hour and a half. I was grow I was raised in Groveton. Okay. Uh, which is on the other side of Lake Livingston in East Texas. And uh like at one point we were such a small school. We had a six man football team. Like really, really small upbringing. Yeah. Gosh. I can't even fathom what I know. that was looking like. <laughs> You're like you love some Friday you play both ways? No, I didn't even play football. I rode bulls. <laughs> it was a, uh, I, I rodeoed. I didn't. I didn't play football. Like, That's, I'm not doing that. They were yeah. probably trying to here. recruit you at some point. Like yeah, we know. they did. Yeah, I was like, guy. no. I was like, if I'm gonna get the tar knocked out of me, I'd rather it be something cool where you still get chicks afterwards. You know. <laughs> Which my wife now, she's not impressed by that. She, she didn't think bull riding was cool at all. She's like, sorry. Okay, so 15 years in the business, you've been doing it your own way. You've been in Texas selling out. Now we are finally getting the first live album. So this is Cody Johnson and the Rockin' CJB. Why did it take so long to do a live album? You know, I don't know. We toyed with the idea for years. You know, we'd always come back to, should we do it now? Should we do it now? And I think at this point, you know, we're getting to play, we're kind of doing all levels of venues. Like Mm -hmm. we've we've played the stadiums, uh, we've played hockey arenas and basketball arenas, and we're still playing festivals and, you know, kind of doing it all. Like, we have to kind of be prepared to play whatever the situation calls for. So, I thought, you know what, like, what better time for me and my band? And you got to remember, like, the guys in my band, you're talking about 12, almost 13 years. You know, we've been together a long time. And so, our sound, we're six guys, but we're really loud. And when I'm, you know, we sound big. And I thought, you know, what better time than now to kind of prove to everybody it doesn't matter number ones, you know, awards, all that stuff that shouldn't affect. Nothing's changed. We're still playing our brand of music. We're still got our loyal fans. We're still doing the same thing. We haven't added any tracks. We're not getting backup dancers and stuff like that. I mean, to, to each his own. But for us, like I wanted to, to put it out now and say, look, this is what you get. Because we have the opportunity because of things like the CMA Awards or a number one on radio or things like that to, to reach a whole different avenue of listener, a whole different avenue of fan. You got to remember, you said 15 years. For those most, you know, 10, 12 years, the fans that I were playing to, they didn't care what was on CMT. They didn't care what was on the radio. Totally different group of fans. So then when you merge with Warner Music Nashville and you start to reach these other fans, those are the fans that only care if you're on CMT. They only care if you're at the CMA Awards or radio. And so it's really cool to, I think, now is the perfect time to, to address all the fans across the board and go, hey, look, no matter how long you've been listening or if you're brand new, this is who we are. Okay, I have to ask you a follow-up question. And this is going to sound really weird, but I think you're going to understand where I'm coming from. Were you afraid to have a lot of success? Because there is something about being in that vein of people in Texas love you and they feel like you're ours. So when you get really big... He's not ours anymore. He's sold out. He's big time now. Did that ever come into play or did you ever have that in the back of your mind? No. I I've looked up to a lot of people that have come from that scene and they've, you know, very there's I th- let me say this. I'll say his name. Corey Morrow was one of my idols growing up. But Corey told me he said, "Look, you go be you. Don't be pigeonholed by anywhere. Texas, LA, Nashville, be Cody and don't be afraid to be Cody." And I, I thought that was the greatest piece of advice I've ever been given. My deal is, is I haven't changed anything. Mm-hmm. It's just the pendulum is swinging differently. Yeah. And if you pay attention to the pendulum, you know, 10 years ago, Cowboy from Texas wasn't cool. Well, I'm not going to be the guy that jumps up and goes, I told y'all so. I told y'all. <laughs> you don't drink the Kool-Aid. 
don't drink the Kool-Aid and just be happy to be invited to the party and uh, have some class, you know? Yeah, I love okay. that. Explain for us, describe what a Rockin' CJB live show is like for those of us who have <laughs> not gotten to experience it yet. So we used to play, we used to, before the shows, we would all get together and I would tell my guys, hey, play this show like you want to play for the rest of your life. And then, you know, here recently, we've kind of looked at it as, as a new perspective of play this show like it's the last show you're ever going to play. If this is it, like if tonight is it, you'll have, you know, 12,000 people in an arena in somewhere in Missouri. Play it like it's the last show you're ever going to be remembered for. Every show we play like it's our last. And we want to make sure that when you see a show, you're a believer from then on. Till you can't. That's exactly right. Till you can't. So good. When and where was the album recorded, the live album? So we recorded six shows. I don't really remember which six shows we recorded. It was kind of a blur, to be honest with you. Okay. But like each show would have some different thing wrong. Like it might have been like a guitar. <laughs> a guitar had like a dirty buzz on it. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah, can't yeah. use that. Yeah, so we yeah. use the next night. Yeah. Or like one night my crowd, my mic picked up too much crowd noise and it bled over my vocal. Mm. And so like you can't use that. Like each night for those six nights, we got a little bit of what we could use. Yeah. But we didn't do a lot of editing. Like, I don't like hearing live records and everything's perfect. It's like you say, like, I'm singing a note and all of a sudden it peaks the microphone. Well, it was a great note that I hit, but I can't use it. Yeah. You know, so you kind of have to go to the next night and you're crossing your fingers like, I hope I hit <laughs> it that good the it, next night. Was yeah. it as good? I don't know. Is it the show set list or is it? Yeah, it's the, it's it the, the show. It is the exact okay. set list. So we, till you can't, is in the middle of the set. It was a month after that, that it went like, after we recorded it, it went number one and now it's like, at the very back of the set. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like, it's kind of cool to see. Like, I, I would have changed it. We listened to it and I was like, dang, man, we could have put Till You Can't at the and end. But it sounds so cool. The way it came out, it was just like very unassuming. We didn't know it was going to be a huge smash. And I think that makes it's it really cool. That's I do too. I, yeah. I do too. Well, and here's a question too. And I think I know the answer, but how did that change your day-to-day -day life? I mean, obviously you've got all these new ears and eyeballs that are looking at who you are and listening to you and finding out who you are. But that didn't really change what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, did it? No, not at all. Like, I'm still the same person. Yeah. I would say the majority of the reaction that I've had from radio has been, we get it now. Like, we get it now. Like, we are Kojo. We are in. We get it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's great. You know, it's like we've been working for that my entire career. So if one song can change that, it just shows you the impact of a good song. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a hit song, but just a good song. I've been most thankful about the things that people come up like today in the airport in Nashville before I came here. A man walked up to me and he had this tattoo on his arm of a little girl. And he's like, I lost my little girl last year and your song Till You Can't pulled me out of a lot of situations personally. And that's not the first time I've heard this kind of stuff. And that to me, that's bigger than a CMA award. That's bigger than a number one on Billboard. That's, that's putting out music on radio that impacts people's lives. And that's bigger than me. That's bigger than what we're doing at this table. That's that's what that's the reason we're all in this business in the first place. It's stuff like that. So, but as far as like going out to eat, you can forget about it. Like till you can't change a lot of things. You can get better tables at the places that yeah. have reservations. That's, that's true. But, that's true. CMT but, put my face out everywhere, and I'm yeah. like, dang it! I've like, oh. never regretted my tattoos so much in my life. But it, I'm like, <laughs> that's yeah, true. it's like you it's can't. Him. Yeah, it's Look like at his arm. Those are his tattoos. That's him. That's, that's him. him. I swear to God, that's, that's him. You have to wear long sleeves everywhere you go. Had a guy stop me in the urinal at the, at the uh -uh. in the airport. <laughs> no, he said, "Man, can we take a picture?" I said, no. can, we, "Can we go outside?" <laughs> I swear to God, it's gotten crazy. It was okay. It was fine. It's definitely changed. We've felt the difference like 
even at shows, like you, it's, it puts off a different energy. Sure. And, yeah. I, and I think that I told my wife this, I, was like, I think this is the spot in people's career where they drink the Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. I think this is the- You start to feel it. You yeah. start to go, And I'm like, I don't want no part of that. I'm going to still be me. <laughs> you Okay, so we do get a live version of the song that we have on the Country Heat playlist, Human. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that song. That is like the most autobiographical song I never wrote. Okay. Uh, Travis Meadows, Tony Lane wrote that song, and I would like to think they had me in mind. But when I heard it, I was, you know, when, I, when I'm in the bus and I'm listening to songs that I didn't write, you know, I'm pacing around the bus. And I'm really trying to put my full attention on it. And I forgot who was talking when the song played. I was like, hey, just shh, listen to this. And we didn't change much from the demo. I feel like when I sing Human, you know who I am. You know, my wife has stood there. We, we're celebrating 14 years this year. She has seen all the bad, the good, the highs, the lows. And uh, I love the line, bless your heart for never trying to fix me or quit me or slow me down. She's never done any of those things. It's very real. I'm not trying to get a number one hit with it. I'm not trying to uh, fit into a niche. I just want to tell a story that's authentic, that I could sit here with just a guitar and you would believe it. Is there a song on this live record that you like the live version better than the recorded one? So uh, we redid Harlan Howard's Don't Know a Thing About Love. And it's kind of like a, well, you've heard it on the record, maybe. It's like a Motown version of it. And when you do that in studio, like it's it's cool. Like, which, you know, I grew up singing church music in a, like a non-denominational Pentecostal type church. So like there was soul, there was feeling. And you can only capture so much soul and feeling in the studio. When you get it out live with my band, I was like, oh, <laughs> this thing feels good. I was like, I like that better. <laughs> Had to step out a little bit. Going through next summer, you got Randy Hauser going out with you on tour. You're having rotating first acts at different shows. So what do you look for if you're trying to find that first act that's going to be out there? Who are you, you know, drawn to and what are you looking for in that opening act? It doesn't even necessarily have to be a certain sound or a certain look. Uh, something to make me get off the bus and kind of want to come watch. Mm. I, want to, I want somebody that I want to go see because I don't get to go watch live music, you know? Mm. And I remember, that's why I got into live music because I was a fan. I wanted to go be a fan in the crowd and hear good stuff. So it's fun whenever I get to get off the bus. I'm like, let's go check them out. Let's go check them out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's generally the basis of it. And it's, you want to talk about intimidating? Go out and have Randy Hauser open for you every night. Like the man's a beast. And it kind of, it makes us step our game up for real. <laughs> Vocally. It's insane. Insane. Yeah. I, know, I sound checked for him the other day. He wasn't there. And I played one of my favorite songs of his, Anything Goes When Everything's Gone. Oh, yeah. So then, so then I'm out the other day at a photo shoot for Cowboys and Indians magazine, and he sound checked till you can't, and he hit the big yeah, and he texts me and he's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, never again. I'm like, yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> I regret hitting that note. Yeah, there has to be those. You're like, oh, I got to do that all, all the time. Yeah, can we drop this key? <laughs> like, I don't know about it tonight. I don't yeah. know. Okay, next August, you're heading to Australia, New Zealand, supporting Luke Combs on his world tour. 
everybody in country music, by the way, is jealous that you got that gig. Oh my <laughs> like, that's no incredible. No Have you fun. traveled outside of the U.S. much? I've only been to Canada. Uh, well, no, Canada and Mexico. We played okay. a show in Mexico. But like, that's not technically like, to me, like, girl, yeah. it's not technically like out of the country. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I've never been across the pond. So this is going to be kind of fun. And, and they're next level over there. Yeah. I've heard it's like super country fans, which... I'm good with. Yeah, yeah. I'm I was good like, you with. got some, you got yeah. some. They're um, gonna love you. Yeah. Uh, have you spent a lot of time with Luke? Do you know Luke well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're good buddies. He's he's as normal as I am. Like we love he's, him. I'm he's just so a down home cowboy, and he's just a down home country boy. Like he's like, I would never get on a horse. I'm scared to death of it. And I'm like, bro, I got to get you on a horse. I would pay money to see this. If you don't live stream that. that I need. I'm telling you, it's gonna be so great. We don't have like a lot. Like he loves college football. Yes. yes. I don't even. I don't even watch college football. Cody. But, like, we don't have a lot in common. <laughs> but we're still friends. Amber's really sad for you right the now. The first thing she, I you said— don't do college fo- no, You don't do college football? You do college football? a huge football fan. The first thing I said to Luke today was, dude, you on college game day? He gave this, like, hype speech. Yes, he did. And it made me want to run around my house. <laughs> and I was like, I need you to coach all the things. I need you to give— So if he, like, try, gives some type of hype speech on tour, I need you to record that. Yeah. I will. Send, Send it, it back. I will. We are here for for the Luke Combs hype man content. I think I'm uh, most excited about just like going out of the country with him for the first time, being that like you can just hang out. Like we talked yeah. about going hunting while we we're there. Or we talked about going to a team roping and just just doing normal stuff. But I'm like, I'm not going on tour with somebody that like I have to be worried about what I'm going to say or if I step on their toes. Like it's just a couple of guys that are buddies. That's Australian cowboys. Would it's be real, real deal, cool. Yeah. yeah, you need yeah. to you need to get on that. For I sure. want to see oh, Luke yeah. on a horse. That's by the so way. good. I do too. Listen, congratulations on everything. Thank you. We're so, so good for you. to talk to you. We can't wait for all of it. Cody Johnson and the Rockin' CJB. The next best thing to seeing him live is the live album. So you can pick that up because it's out now. Thanks for stopping by Country Heat Weekly. Thank you. It's that time of the episode where we rediscover an artist who has greatly influenced the country music genre. Today, we're taking a look at the career of Patti Loveless, which includes 21 albums, nine number one hits, and several major award wins. Just a few weeks ago, we saw Patti give a stunning performance of You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive with Chris Stapleton at the CMA Awards. This song was penned by Daryl Scott and recorded by Patti for her 2001 album, Mountain Soul. You'll never leave Harlan Alive. Collaborating with other artists has always been an exciting part of the job for Patty, as we're about to find out. Her catalog is large, but we're also going to explore some of her most significant solo releases. Join us as we rediscover the career of 90s hitmaker Patty Loveless. She was born Patricia Lee Ramey to a Kentucky coal miner in 1957 and grew up as one of seven children. So she, too, was a coal miner's daughter. Yeah. In fact, she and Loretta Lynn are distant cousins. Well, with that many siblings in the house, she had to find a way to stand out. And boy, did she do that. Her love for music began developing at the age of three when she would sing along to the Opry radio shows at night. As she approached her teenage years, Patty started to get up on stage and perform in a band with her siblings. Around that time, she made a great connection with a country music singer, Porter Wagner, who also had his own TV show called The Porter Wagner Show. Porter and his musical partner, Dolly Parton, were some of the first people of the industry to recognize Patty's true talent. 
On top of letting her audition for him, which resulted in a publishing contract, Porter even invited Patty to watch one of the tapings of his show and gave her the chance to attend the Opry backstage as his guest. Things came full circle for Patty when she was inducted as an official Opry member in 1988. Lots happened before that monumental moment, though. Patty first signed her record deal with MCA Records in 1985. This is not only where she got her career started, but also where she met her second husband, Emery Gordy Jr., who would go on to produce Patty's albums. In the same year that Patty signed a record deal, she also released her first single, Lonely Days, Lonely Nights. Lonely Days, Lonely Nights. The fiddle-heavy tune was found on her self-titled debut album in 1986. And although nothing from that album cracked the top 40, it's always fun to look back and hear what these stars sounded like when they were first introduced to country radio. Patty had her first major breakthrough with her cover of George Jones's If My Heart Had Windows. It peaked at number 10 on Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart in 1988 and was included on her album of the same title. Following the release of the song, Patty dropped A Little Bit in Love, which would become her biggest hit at the time, peaking at number two on the charts. We see the ongoing love story chronicled in her first number one hit, Timber, I'm Falling in Love. This 1989 release was included on Patty's first of three gold albums, Honky Tonk Angel, and talks about those feelings you get in the beginning of a relationship. Like how you think about that person all day long, and you just feel like you're on cloud nine. Interestingly enough, this was the year she married Emery Gordy Jr., following a very messy divorce with her first husband, drummer Terry Lovelace. Right time, the right place, the right body, the right face, timber, I'm falling in love. This song also appears in the movie A Few Good Men. If you watch the movie, you will know that it plays during the seafood restaurant scene. Patty's second career number one of 1990 was titled Chains. She's singing about the feeling of being chained down, as the title describes, in a relationship, and then finding the strength to break free. Now, Patty wasn't a songwriter, but she did have a knack for finding songs that empowered women to find their voice and stand up for themselves. Chains, chains, shackles and chains. In 1991, she released her fifth and final studio album for MCA Records and then moved across town, signing with Epic Records. Two years later, she released Only What I Feel. This project included another number one and probably her best-known song, Flame It On Your Heart. The video for this one was epic. In the mid-90s, country music videos were a big production. I remember she's throwing the cheater stuff at him off of a balcony. It was really feisty. <laughs> so Now, when you're trying to get that one toxic ex out of your head, what would you think of to try to get them off your mind? Elvis? <laughs> well, I probably wouldn't. But for Patty, thinking of Elvis Presley seemed to do the trick. Now, Elvis isn't the only thing she says helps clear the mind. She also thinks about Oprah in the afternoon, palm trees swaying, shopping, anything's worth a shot. I try to think about Elvis, Memphis. Black 
Patty definitely had a fun, playful side, but her gorgeous voice really lends itself to the soulful country ballads. How Can I Help You Say Goodbye resonates with the difficulty of saying goodbye to important people in your life, from childhood friends to an aging parent. How can I help you to say goodbye? This song earned two Grammy nominations. And get this, it was the first song an actor named Burton Collins had ever written. It was inspired by the loss of his grandmother. Wow. Although this song did not win, she did earn two Grammys in her career, as well as two ACM Female Vocalist trophies and five CMA awards. One of those CMA wins came in 1998 for her song, You Don't Seem to Miss Me, featuring backing vocals by George Jones. of iconic collaborations. We have to mention how in 1999, Patty dropped a duet with Vince Gill titled My Kind of Woman, My Kind of Man. This song was found on both Vince's album, The Key, and Patty's album, Classics. And it allowed Patty to repeat her win for CMA Vocal Event of the Year. You're my kind of woman. You're my You can actually hear Patty singing background vocals on several of Vince's songs, including When I Call Your Name and Go Rest High on That Mountain. And she also provides that gorgeous background vocal you hear on Alan Jackson's Monday Morning Church. Now, we would love to rediscover even more of Patty Loveless's music, which took a turn into bluegrass later in her musical career. But that's all we have time for today. Ugh. We didn't get to You Could Feel Bad, If It Makes You Feel Better, and You Don't Even Know Who I Am, or Jealous Bone. We've clearly discovered there's a lot of Patty Loveless to rediscover. If you want to hear more, check out her catalog on Amazon Music. Okay, before we go, Kelly, you ran into Scotty McCreary. I did. He was playing the country Christmas show at the Opry. He was backstage. First time that we've seen him since we did our podcast with him. He hugged me and said he loved the episode. Of course, I had to get an update on baby Avery. And he said, even though he's been doing some touring and he had to leave home, they have the baby monitor that you can check through your phone. So when he's on the road, he still looks in to make sure Avery's sleeping. Aww. Oh, that's so sweet. Isn't that the most precious thing? Yes, it is. So good. Make sure that you come back and visit with us next week because our center stage guest is our bestie, Breland. It's going to be so much fun. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend about it because we want more people to be listening to Country Heat Weekly. You can also find us on socials. I'm Hey, it's Amber A. And I'm the Kelly Sutton. Make sure you use the hashtag Country Heat Weekly. Need some help with your holiday shopping? Country Heat Weekly to the rescue. Kind of. We can tell you what not to wrap. This week's burning question asked the stars the worst gift they'd ever given for Christmas. Keith Urban didn't like the question. (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't know, because I'm sure I didn't think it was that bad. You'd have to ask the recipient. I like the fact that it would be intentional. (laughs) Well, you would know. That's a weird-ass question. It really is. Carly Pierce totally owned it. I give my dad every year, it's so terrible, like the same, I think I've bought the same flannel shirts from Old Navy for him before, and he still just takes them and wears them, it's fine. I'll probably do it again this year. (laughs) It's all he wants. 
Not naming names, but one of the guys of Midland is known for regifting. Back in the day, Cameron used to get, because uh, his birthday is right before mine, and Cameron would get some weird gift from like his aunt or something. And then it would be like my birthday. He goes, here you go, bro. <laughs> and finally, take a lesson from Scotty McCreary. Don't be a last minute shopper. Sometimes I get in the bind because I like to also get presents uh, December 24th. I feel like the mall is very highly and jolly that day. So I think my like, if there's nothing I can't find or think of anything, I'll just get a candle. Like, like put some thought into it, Scotty. Scotty, that's why Amazon Prime exists. <laughs> Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry. Production assistance from Rick Hamilton, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, Tim Einenkel, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Blues, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Essential production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Osmo, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, Endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.